and welcome back to another episode of the Burnley Podcast. I'm joined by Tom and Thomas. Um, Stanley Cup Finals, it's been underway. Montreal Canadiens, they made a dent in this series. Josh Anderson, OT winner last night. After a pretty hectic third period in which the Habs took a lead and then Shea Weber took a four-minute penalty with a minute to go in the game. Uh, but Josh Anderson came through for the Habs. They've cut Tampa's deficit to 3-1. For all those people, it's going to be a, said it was going to be a sweep. It is not going to be a sweep. We're heading back to Tampa for Game 5. The mayor of Tampa Bay, she got her wish. We're going back to Game 5. Boys, Seneca Finals, what have your thoughts been on it so far? Well, let me just say this. That was the first time in my life when that overtime winner went in. I think I've cheered for the Habs. It's been, it's been a rough series for them. I don't think they've played particularly well. You know, they probably should have won game two. Didn't. Probably didn't deserve to win that game. Did. Balances out. And you know what? I think Tampa Bay is going to win it at home in five, just like the mayor of Tampa Bay wanted. They're going to do it for their fans, which they've wanted to do this for the entire time. It's been their one motivating factor for the fans. And um, her Pending a hurricane, not the Carolina Hurricanes, but an actual hurricane, we might see the Stanley Cup awarded Wednesday night, it's tomorrow, in Tampa Bay. And I think it'll be fully deserved. 5-1 is probably the way this series should end. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, Tampa's playing good. They're clearly an elite team, but I just want to talk about that mayor for a second. Man. She can be one of the biggest memes in like NHL history if they actually go to Game Seven and Montreal wins on home ice, oh, yeah. like she like she said in Tampa Bay. Imagine the scenes there. Like I think she have to resign as mayor. <laughs> was she the mayor that was when the Raptors got put Maybe. in Tampa Bay? She was yeah. the one that's like, wow, all of our sports teams won the championship in the last year and yeah, half. probably, yeah, probably. It's like, no, the Raptors are Toronto's. They're not yours. <laughs> but you guys took them for like a year. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, but anyways, going back to that series, uh, Tampa Bay, man, like I wouldn't necessarily, I think they got outplayed the second period yesterday, but there's just one more period left in hockey and there's 20 minutes left and they dominated from start to finish in that one. And it was like sort of like a series in the Vegas Montreal game where if there was like five more minutes on the clock, Montreal would have won that game. I think it was game one and of that Vegas series. And then this is one of those games where if there was five more minutes left, Tampa's winning in regulation because they just had all the momentum going for them. But good thing they have Carey Price in that because he's been their lord and savior. Yeah, like Montreal's come out hot to start pretty much every game this playoffs, right? And that's except been for last night. Except for last night. And that's... <laughs> I've never seen a team so discombobulated for the first what was it, 12 minutes of that game? They had zero attempts on net. And for a team that kind of prides themselves on starting and setting the tone of the game, which is the way that they kind of need to win, is they need to set the tone, much like the Islanders do. I've never seen a team come out down 3-0 and just put up a goose egg that that early. And then you just knew. You knew Montreal was going to get the first goal. It was so clear that they were going to do it. And was it Nick Suzuki engineered a reverse sweep in junior? Um, yes. He's not, he's not doing it again, but he's, <laughs> he's trying. He's trying. He's, he looked fantastic last night. Um, 
and honestly probably one of the only habs that looked that that actually looked like they could compete with Tampa Bay but oh man you guys don't actually think that this goes 6 or 7 do you well russo does the first time he said habs in 7 they, they came back and won the series i don't know if they're actually going to beat tampa for straight probably not i mean this lightning team is so Man, like Kucherov hit the post with what, like a like a minute to go last night. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and did that you goes, like, see it's like John goes the other way. press conference and yeah, he was asked, he's like, like, "Oh, like, what could, what do you want us to do differently? Hit, yeah. hit less posts." Yeah, what could have won? Uh, what could have won that game for you? Not hitting three posts. No. Yeah, but I mean, hockey's a weird sport. I think I think this playoffs has shown that, and playoffs in the past. I mean. We can just look as far as two years ago when when Tampa got swept by Columbus. You know, looking back on it, if and when they win this series, you could probably say that was the best thing that ever happened to that team. But I'm not saying the Habs are going to come back and win. I'm not saying that. I think they can take one more. I mean, you're telling me they can't walk into Tampa tomorrow night if that's when they go and take another game? I'm not saying. Yeah, so can I. And. I think like I think it'd be really if we get this series going to six, I'd, I'd I'd be happy with that. Whether Tampa wins or not, I think I'd be pretty happy with a series that goes six, considering everyone, everyone and their moms going, "Oh, worst Stanley Cup final ever." I, I mean, mean, is are they wrong in saying that? Uh, been I think they are in a way. I want to touch on that because I think we they kinda, are. In a way. We kind of seeing... act like. Go ahead, Russo. Sorry, we kind of, we kind of like you guys are saying like, oh, like people are like, oh, this series is going to be short. Like, we don't act like the Kings didn't like demolish the Rangers for and the Devils and the Devils. Like, come on, like we've seen lopsided Cup finals. Like, you're like even last year in the bubble, like Tampa should have won in five. Yeah, and you got a Corey Perry goal, like you know, kind of like just a scramble in front, like one shot ended it. Yeah, like all the Thomas, sorry, I wanted to let Thomas. Oh, kind of, yeah, Thomas, Thomas was going to say something, and I interrupted him. So no, no worries. But I was just going to say that, like, I know people like are like, "Oh, this is the worst Stanley Cup Finals ever." Sure, because you're seeing one lopsided like team went up three nothing going into last night. But like at the same time, I'm watching Tampa Bay. I'm like, this has to be one of the best performances performances we've seen in the Stanley Cup Finals from one team because they just get. All their lines are so different, and they play such a different style of play. It's and true. It's they crazy. Dominate how that is. every minute of the game, whether whether they're getting hemmed in their own zone, you know, someone's going to make it block a defensive play a save. So it's really like weird that people are saying that. Obviously, because lopsided, but at the same time, you're watching Tampa Bay. You're like, man, like this team is great. Yeah, you're watching literally one of the best teams of the cap era. Yeah, given oh, their yeah. <laughs> given their seventeen million over the cap, but the cap doesn't matter in the playoffs because there is no cap in the playoffs. But like, no, like Thomas, what you said of like how each of their lines play so differently, it's true. You go from their first line of point Kucherov and Platt, where they're just going to outskill you to death. You know the speed of that line, the skill. Every one of those guys can shoot the puck. Kucherov's got that like kind of slingshot. It's his shot's stupid. Then you go to the Sorelli, Stamkos, and whether it's Ross Golden or Alex Kalorin line. More of a two-way line, maybe not Stamkos so much, but Sorelli and Kalorn, when it's usually Kalorn, like you can really match them up against anyone, you'll be fine. Then you got the Barkley Goudreau, Blake Coleman, Yanny Gordon line, who they're just gonna punch you in the face. Not literally, but like they're just gonna 
wear you down and be a pain in the ass to play against. And that line, sorry to cut could you off. Could that line, gone. yeah, could be gone. Totally worth the picks that they paid. Mm-hmm. Um, I've have never seen a team reverse line match in games <laughs> one and two. Yeah, the they reverse line matched the Dano line, who was the <laughs> line matching line for Tampa or for Montreal. I have never seen anybody reverse line match the way that Tampa Bay has, and it's it's unfair. Yeah, I don't really think they care. <laughs> like all their lines, you can really put them up against anyone. Even their fourth line, when you got Tyler Johnson, who's like a top six forward on most teams, Pat Maroon. You know, you can say what you want, what you want with Pat Maroon. He's still a pretty good player, and then. Whether it's Matthew Joseph, who is incredible, such a good player, or Ross Colton, also a pretty good player. <laughs> it's and then like and then their left side on D is like could be first pairing defenseman almost all teams. Yeah. You got yeah. Hedman, Sergachev, and McDonough. <laughs> and two of those were built by Montreal. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sergachev not really. He wasn't really built by Montreal. Same with McDonough. I don't know if McDonough, McDonough even ever yeah, <laughs> drafted, but didn't really develop them. But yeah. Which is, you know, a little crazy, but Scott Gomez and Jonathan Drewin. Not to say anything wow. bad about Jonathan Drewin. I wish he was playing. Oh, yeah. 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 And then obviously, then in net for Tampa, you know, like you get by, if you somehow get by their four, one of four forward lines and one of their three defense bearings, you come down on arguably the best goal in the world, <laughs> which, <Yes. laughs> have fun. <laughs> have fun. So it's, they're so good of a team. And I hope, like, looking back, they get the full credit that they deserve. Yeah, they should. You know, like, the bubble, always, it wasn't a real playoffs. It was kind of more real than this one, I'd say. It at least had a probably proper tougher. format. And it yeah, was probably tougher, to, tougher. To, have to, to have to be off for five months and then just go right into it. Yeah, that might have been the toughest cup to win. And and to the fact that they had to slay their demons of Columbus in round one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine being Tampa Bay in that scenario last year, and it's like, okay, like we feel better this year, and then oh, like, okay, we're gonna trade for Blake Coleman, we're gonna trade for Barca Goudreau, we're gonna bring in who they bring, Bogosian. It's like, okay, we're gonna tighten up, we're gonna make our team a little more difficult to play against, and then you're, you're they were flying going into that when the season got suspended. And it's like, oh, season suspended. Crap. Now what? And then you finally get back to playing. You have to round back into form. And they had a pretty good round robin. I think they finished yes, second. They, they finished second. I think Philly finished first. And it's like, okay, we're feeling good. Oh, we have to play Columbus. <laughs> the team that the team that kicked us in the mouth last year. And then they beat and then game one goes to five it was five overtimes. Yes. <laughs> and then they beat them in five. And, you know, I think it was from that point on. I remember last year, I'm like, they're going to win. Yeah, they're going to win. They're going to win. It's and the this, same and even thing this we're year, like, from them. It's just the, and then this, this we year, are winning. Yeah, and this year, like, did I bet against them against Carolina? Yeah, but it was just because I wanted Carolina to win. But, man, they look so dominant against Florida. They look so dominant against Carolina. The Islander series was a little more even match just because of the way the Islanders play. But like even in that series, like we're like eight nothing game here. They're gonna win. Yeah. And if yeah. they win and if and when they win, which they probably will, this this is one of the best teams in back like it's crazy. We talked about the back to back year thing, and like it's so hard to go back to back and Tampa's about yeah. to do it. Like what there's only been one team to do it in the cap era, and that was Pittsburgh to go back to back. And Detroit yeah. almost did it. Well, Pittsburgh and Detroit almost did it, just depending <laughs> on which year each team would have won. Yeah. But like Pittsburgh did it. 
and they had to move a lot of pieces around to make it happen. Like they had a, like every year they brought, it was like the first year was Sherry and Rust. And then the next year was Gensel that they had to bring up. And obviously the first year was Matt Murray, but this, and then this year with Tampa, like the amount of maneuvering they had to try and do in the, I guess the winter, the off season was pretty well. Like what, like what, like a week after they won the cup, they waved Tyler Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one picked him up. <laughs> So, and they no, were like, like it, hours away from having to trade Kalorn. Yeah, like hours. Which is, I, I imagine that's a pretty tough contract they're gonna have to try to move. Good player. I take. I, 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 I take. Yeah, I would take him too, but four four point but two for I think another few years. Kalorn's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but like yeah, like they're gonna have to. Braceball is gonna have to try and do it again, and expansion might be his way out of it. Yeah. But I was saying it. Last, I was saying it last night to Tom that like if I'm Seattle. I would just like take Matthew Joseph and be like, <laughs> "Screw you yeah. guys!" Oh, yeah. Have, have fun. Get have fun getting out of this. He's so good. They, like they can take Yanni Gord. They can take Tyler Johnson. I, I think they're going to take Chernak. <sighs> Hell of a defense. That's, that's I totally forgot about Eric Chernak. Yeah, because like who do they? It would be Hedman, Sergachev, McDonough. Realistically, unless they expose McDonough, which they might. Unless does McDonough have a no move? He might have a no move. Hold on, I don't. Let's know. find this out. Because if he does, like, if he doesn't, like I think I McDonough would be uh, Ryan McDonough no trade clause, so he has to be protected. So yeah, you might be right. That's yeah, a, it doesn't uh, matter. There's a few players they can pick from. They're gonna lose a very good player, whether yeah. it's Cernak, whether it's Joseph, Yanni Gord. They're gonna lose a good player. Yeah, and then they're gonna have to try and still maneuver their way around the cap because. Um, I mean, I don't see them bringing back either Gujo or Coleman unless both of them take huge pay. Same contracts. Literally, like Barker Gujo would have yeah. to make league men. <laughs> Coleman would have to make just over a mil. And that's not, not happening. Like <laughs> Coleman's going to go into free agency and he's going to get a nice little contract. Yeah. He's going to get Barker one Gujo. million for every diving goal he scored in his career. <laughs> so three. So three. <laughs> three mil. Okay, he's going to get two million for every diving goal he scored in his career. Six mil. There you go. Well, but yeah, like it's been, I've enjoyed this series. Hab fans, maybe not. They enjoyed last night. And I know there are hockey fans out there. Like, ah, I wish it was X and X team. Like, yeah, I think we all wish it was Colorado in the finals or Vegas in the finals. I mean, me, not so much Vegas, but, you know, like, unfortunately, we knew with the way the brackets were this year, this might happen. Yeah. Yeah. With the way that this season, this season that we'll never see ever again, we know it might happen. And we're here, and you know what? Suck it up. It's July, and we're still playing hockey. Exactly. And there hasn't been a COVID hit to take out the playoffs. We've been lucky this year, honestly, except for the whole Canucks fiasco. But yeah, I have dodged a couple bullets, but no, we're here. Um, we made it. Yeah, I still think I, I got a bone to pick with Sportsnet here. Okay. <laughs> so you know, interview? No. Oh, the. No. The. You know how there's crowds outside, right? There oh, are only, crowd? Yeah, there's lots. Oh, uh, at the Olympic Park, right outside the stadium, there's a couple. Yeah. When the Leafs played, every time a goal would go in against the Leafs, you'd just see a bunch of sad Leaf fans. They did it with Winnipeg. Sad Jets fans. I have never seen a sad Habs fan, and they're down 3 <laughs> nothing. <laughs> or three one at this point, just 
Come on, cut to them. Please. I was just thinking about that, Tom. You're actually right on that. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't. they haven't been, and it's like they won't for optics because oh, you can't make it look like the Habs are sad. It's the only thing keeping the Stanley Cup afloat is the fact that the Habs are apparently Canada's team, even though nobody thinks that they are. Because the ratings in the U.S. are utter garbage. They're struggling struggling to get a thousand or a million view the game. Utter garbage. And it would be like this with any Canadian team in the final, though. Let's be honest. Probably. You know, I think yeah. people would give a shit if it was like Winnipeg. <laughs> no. Oh, that would have been worse. It was <laughs> like um, Edmonton. Yeah, like the Leafs. Maybe McDavid, could... maybe McDavid brings in a few more views, but like Yeah, like the Leafs you'll pull more because it is the Leafs. Like the Leafs and Habs was the like most viewed Stanley Cup game in uh Sportsnet history. Like <laughs> if the Leafs have a chance reasons. to break it, enough people are watching that to regardless of the outcome, your ratings will look good. Um but no, I just want to see some sad Habs fans. They haven't. It's kind of annoying. Just go on Twitter, you'll see many. <laughs> no, all I see is they're like Good job, guys. Let's have a let's have an almost won the cup parade. <laughs> you know what? I'm almost happier to see that though than like, like let's say Tampa scores on that power play last night in overtime or with a minute left. I'd rather see like, oh, like we're happy that you guys made it here rather than I'm gonna fucking kill Shea Weber tomorrow. You know, like imagine this was. That was the Leafs, and like Mitch Marner took that penalty. Oh my lord! And like Tampa, sco- and like Tampa scores Tampa on the power score play. On that. That like Tampa scores play. on the power play. It's like I'm gonna find Mitch Marner. And I'm gonna shove him in a lake. <laughs> I'm gonna throw him in Lake Ontario. Like I don't know. Like I'm just I'm happy to see like Hab fans are so positive right now because they know they shouldn't be here. And like if you look at like what they're saying, they're like, "Hey, our Stanley Cup was beating the Leafs." So we couldn't yep. care less if we lose. Everything else has just been fun, right? So I think it's I think it's pretty great, honestly. But anyway, um, yeah. Can we before we move on? Because I think that that face you made was the I want to move on face. Um, can we talk about how that was almost not a penalty? The Shea Weber one. The Shea Weber one. How the <laughs> linesman had to come in um, and go. It. Hey, there's blood. Maybe we should look at this. And then <laughs> that reminded me. Penalty. That reminded me so much of Game Four, Flames Avalanche 2019, when Valimaki, like there was a faceoff in the Flames end, and Valimaki got high stacked right in front of the ref, and they just didn't call it. And he was like bleeding, and they just didn't call it. It's like, yeah. oh, thanks. Like that's that the Flames almost could have like won, like gone back to Calgary with. Tied, but now if there's no blood, that's not a penalty because the refs probably not. No, you're right. There was what a minute left, they're not calling anything like a puck over the game. They gave gave Tampa many chances to put that game away. Like, how many power plays that? Like six, seven, six, I think. I think it was six. Uh, the the officiate was horrid last night, to say the least. It was, it was, it was was a lot of it, dude. You could bear hug somebody and it won't be called anything but then you know the Habs do one thing oh that's penalty yeah but in, in the words of, in the words of a, pretty blatant yeah but in the like, words of Gary Bettman we have the best officiating in the world and George Peros is consistent and great at his job 
Yeah, Did I don't you know if you want to talk about that now, but like, what an awful interview! Oh my all, god! All I heard was it was, um, we have the most consistent, which consistently. He, oh, no, bad, he yeah. said no. He said Peros is great and he's very consistent. That's he's he very said. consistent. Yeah, everybody gets two games. But like, I imagine with that interview last night, there were conditions on what Ron McClain could and could not ask. For sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I don't really want to get into it, but like they had, like they couldn't, like you have Gary Bettman there. I know it's the Stanley Cup final, but like the whole Chicago thing, like you don't even. Every year, I don't want to get into it. Thing it's is so, big. It's the Blackhawks so, like, thing is terribly big, mm-hmm. um, and it stretches across a lot of teams and a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, but every year, there's something. And they don't ask Batman about it. No. Every year, Batman comes that? out of that interview, and we go, well, why would, Why did they not ask him? And, and every time he comes out of the interview, we're just like, oh, we already knew that. Thanks. Yeah. That's like, oh, you're still an idiot. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a lawyer. Like, what else do you expect? <laughs> anyway, and speaking to of To be fair, Fox, legally, he probably can't that was say good, Russo. That was good, Russo. I like that transition there. And anyway, I totally but, ruined it. Yeah. Sorry. Well, anyway, speaking of the Blackhawks, um, Duncan Keith is apparently on the trade block. Um, and in the words, I believe it was Elliot Friedman who broke it. Um, he either wants to be traded to a Western Canadian team or Pacific Northwest. So there was a lot of like debate on what Pacific Northwest was. And it was basically dummied down the two teams, which was Seattle and Vancouver. Yes. And apparently Chicago ghosted Vancouver. <laughs> they ghost Jim Benning. They were like, uh, no, we don't want anything to do with you guys. <laughs> Which, <laughs> if I'm Chicago, I'm calling Jim. Yeah, Bain. I know. Yeah, they already made a trade this year with them. Well, I think it's because oh. the Sedins are there now, and they the Sedins are going to be like no. Because yeah, if you guys are... don't remember, <laughs> the Sedins do not like Duncan Keith. <laughs> yes, and it's like, and if it's like you want to do bad contract for bad for bad contracts, like yeah, like Vancouver Vancouver's the way to a go. A lot of bad contracts. You know, if you're talking Tyler Myers, Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel. Brandon Hopi kind of there's oh, yeah. a lot there, but um and then Seattle, um, I mean, if Seattle can get a few picks out of it, like sure, why not? Like you have them for two years. I don't imagine you're gonna be up against the cap. Uh, I imagine we'll, we'll see what they end up doing if they're not like Vegas. Um I think it's gonna be Edmonton. I and I'm so I'm so excited too. to see it happen. I can't wait. Kenny Holland, he loves these kind of guys. And like we're and like the whole thing, it's like I remember I was like talking to one of my other friends about it. And I was saying my basically like if it's Calgary, if Stan Bowman comes calling, it's like, okay, listen, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a third team involved for them to retain a little bit more cap. Because I don't want I don't want a five and a half million dollar Duncan Keith. I don't even want a two and a half million dollar Duncan Keith. I'd be like, I want like a at most like a one point whatever Duncan Keith. You're also going to give me Philip Kurashev just because I'm not taking on 38 year old crappy Duncan Keith, and you're going to give me a pick. If you can't if you can't fulfill those requirements, I'm hanging up the phone. Yes, that's how I would look at it. Chicago, I don't know what they're going to be thinking. I feel like Chicago <laughs> is just they're set on getting something back. Yeah. It which feels like that. Which they stop helping the Blackhawks. Yeah, stop. if this costs 
somebody to acquire Duncan Keith, fire and, them. Fire and your the, GM. And the and the word is Edmonton is look is going to be moving Caleb Jones to do it. Which, no, <laughs> I can't wait for it. To happen. It's going to be great. Keith and Darnell Nurse as a pair. Let's go. Do they like want Connor McDavid to ask out? Because they're yeah. getting pretty close. It's really funny because like the Oilers have like a ton of cap space this summer. They have a, like I'm gonna, I'll tell you exactly how much well, they have. They yeah, have a lot. Everybody on their roster made league minimum because they don't have any assets to acquire Edmonton, anything. Or they have they anything. have they have sixteen million dollars of cap space. This is after they signed Nuge, and we'll get into that a little later. And you're gonna blow five and a half of it on Duncan Keith? Yeah, that's that's not great asset management. That's even at and if you're point seven, and if you're giving good. up something to do it, oof. that's no, no. And my my favorite part about all of this is like watching the Edmonton media, like Jim Matheson. I forget who the other guy was, but they're like, "Hey, this would actually be a really good move." Duncan Keith is still a top four defenseman. Have you watched Chicago? No, he's not. not a top four defenseman. And it's really, it's just, man, it's really funny. Like, it's, I this hope it is going to be between, because like Western Conference or Western Canada, technically Winnipeg, and supposedly that's where Keith's fan or Keith is from. But he he's calls from Winnipeg, but it's Hootenie not home. Winnipeg. I think his family lives in BC. Um, so it's not Winnipeg. I mean, Calgary and Edmonton, maybe that is Western Canada. Um, Canucks, I'm just, but that I'm, seems off the table. So your only options, Edmonton or Seattle. Yeah. And I imagine this is a move that happens after the expansion draft. Yeah. Just because he has a full no trade. So you would have to protect them. And I am fully, fully ready for the Flames to lose Mark Giordano and acquire Duncan Keith. <laughs> I'm just, I, you know, it's going to happen. Like, who knows? I, I don't like, again, like it's, if you're giving me something to take Duncan Keith, sure. Give me another asset, whether it's a pick a prospect, I would love me some Philip Kurashev. I don't think that would actually happen, but. I That's why I think Chicago played this very, very well, guys. They're gonna get something for him. That's what. That's oh, they're fully gonna get something for him. <laughs> and the thing, stop you, helping the Blackhawks. If you if have to send something from years. the Blackhawks, if you have to send something from the Blackhawks, it's got to be something sure. Something Kyle Turris. No, like from like with Keith oh, to the team, which yeah. isn't gonna happen because Chicago's manufactured this perfectly, and yep. because teams love to help the Blackhawks for whatever reason it is. It's got to be like a first-round pick, <laughs> maybe even a second because the Blackhawks are bad. Uh, it, you can't do like Keith and a third, and we'll give you a f- conditional fifth back or something. It's got to be something substantial to go along with that. Like, look what it costs the least to get out of Marlowe. Look what all first. of the... Yeah, it was a look first. What, what, was an, what was another one? There was like another one that it was like a lot to just get out of. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember recently. too, and there's been a lot. Because there was the Marlow one that was big, and everyone was like, whoa, what the hell? Um, yeah, but because the Blackhawks are going to get something for him, and it's going to be ridiculous. It's, <laughs> don't, it's don't do it. Don't do it. Um, oh, and Edmonton's going to do it. Yeah, and I can't wait. If it's Edmonton, I'll be so happy. And then and does then, that 
does that bring us to Nugent Hopkins? Sure does. Yeah. So last week, speaking of the Oilers, Ryan Nugent Hopkins signed a eight-year, forty-one million dollar deal that comes out to five point one two five um, AAV. Um, so he takes a substantial pay cut from what his original, from his previous contract was, which was six million per. He gets the full length of term, which I think is what he and the Oilers both wanted, um, and they get him at just over five million bucks. You know what? There's a lot the Oilers have done that I've disliked, that Ken Holland and Peter Shirelli, that kind of group. Um, really good contract for Nuge, in my opinion. To get him yeah. at just over $5 million bucks, and you get him at term, like, sure. Like, will this contract age poorly in Nuge's final years of the deal? Maybe. But I, but I saw – I forgot who said it. I think it might have been Archeola guy or Wood guy. It was one of those two Oilers dudes. Um, they basically said, like, listen, like, you're, you have how many years left of Connor do they have? One, two, like three, four, five. You have, you, have five. you have five years left of McDavid. Mm-hmm. You have to do everything in your power in those five seasons to make it worth it to And compete. four left of Leon. The Oilers yeah, have four, four years to and compete. four left of Leon. Fuck, if they, if, they, if they blow it again next year, who knows if it's even four. Maybe it's yeah. less. Right. Um, um, but sorry, I'll just finish yeah. up. And then, you know, you have whatever, you have X many years left of Connor. You have to do everything in your power to make this team better. Getting Nuge at 5 million bucks, and he's going to be here for those five years of the Connor era, is you make have your to. your team better. You have to. Because what if they let Nuge walk? Then what? <laughs> then what? They're going to yeah, sign Zach Lyman. <laughs> they still might do that. But like like what would have been their plan if they had let Nuge walk? Like, okay, Pulyarvi, hope you get some growth out of him. Like, what your plan is to stick Ryan McLeod in the top six all year? Like Kaylor Yamamoto kind of had a down year. I don't think he's what people expected him to be. He he was really he was really good, like when they called him up last year, and then he kind of just turned into a pumpkin again this year. But yeah, I thought it was gonna be fantastic and all these guys, you think you look and oh, that has potential. He could play above where he is in the lineup, and just unless your name's McDavid or Dressaddle, you didn't. But or, Dar- or Darnell Nurse or Darnell Nurse who somehow got <laughs> Norris votes. Hey, Tyson Berry, first defenseman ever to lead defenseman in scoring and not get a Norris vote. I am so shocked by that. Same. You have no Same. idea. You would think like some like I thought Jim Matheson was getting like a first place vote. Same. Even like any Edmonton writer, any any Homer. Uh, just uh, just to say, I know this has nothing to do with the way. Shout out Adam Fox. Yes. Awesome. So happy for him. But uh, with Nude, like I know you said, Russo, it doesn't matter if you. It doesn't matter the back half of this. Your window is four or five years. Yep. And now that you say that, I think I'll agree with you. But it's just not the term is too much. And I know they had to do it. And yeah. 5.1 is a little bit below market value. It's not. Dude, there are sig- people saying he was going to get seven on the open market oh, and he got five. Not in this economy. Eh. He was not yeah. going to get seven. Yeah, we said that last year. And then Jacob Marshall got six mil. That's a very good point. But it's just 
it's a lot of term and it's buyout proof. Um, he gets a lot of money in potential lockout years. It's everything Edmonton needed to do to get the average down to 5.1. They did. And Nuge won the rest of the negotiation. Mm-hmm. The term, all, all the clauses. All the yeah. Oh, he had all the leverage. And I'll give the Oilers credit for getting it done. Um, not going to lie. <laughs> I, there was times I didn't think it would happen. But uh, outside of the average and the cap hit, it's the Oilers lost this. But I think they needed to do it. And well, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be one. pretty good contract when the guy puts up 50, 60 points with McDavid next year. And that's what's fully going to happen. He's going to put 50, 60 points. No oh, question. Yeah. So the 5.1 cap, it's pretty damn good. The eight years, I'm not so sure I would do that. But also, when the negotiations were early on going, it was like, he's going to get around dry subtle money for three years. And would I rather that? No, I'd rather what he just got right now, 5.1 for eight. So, Yeah. Like, Russo, you brought up how much cap space the Oilers had. They have $16 million Was a slightly higher average not on the table at all? For Nooch? Yeah, like, were the probably. Oilers dead set on it has to be about five? He, You know what? He probably went in wanting at least what he was getting now or was at six. Yeah, could but they not have just, here you go, Oiler for life. Here's your six million. Yeah, it, like, maybe, but I think Ken Holland probably had to look at this and go, listen, like, I need to sign a goalie. And whether it's Mike Smith or not, Larson's UFA, Barry's UFA, um, like they're like they still need to figure out their depth because they still have no depth. Like I think James Neal's gonna get bought out because he can. Like outside of Leon, Connor, and Nuge, like what is there on this team? Like unless you're hedging all your bets into Jesse Poulier, RV, Ryan McLeod, and Kaylor Yamamoto, there's not much. No, there isn't. And it's like they don't even have – they don't really have any forward prospects either. Uh, Dylan Holloway, actually, he's a pretty good one. He'll probably make the yeah, team. They need a sure. good draft. Yeah, like Raphael Lavoie like, probably doesn't make the team. Like, I don't know. Like, they still got a lot of things to figure out. But, like, if you're thinking, like, Holloway's going to step in and just automatically be a top six forward, you're out of your mind. Like, he might. Mm-hmm. But he did play a lot with Cole Caulfield at the University of Wisconsin, and maybe that's where a lot of his points came from by just passing him the puck. But in saying that, they probably did everything they could to keep the AAV down. And usually when you go more term, it usually means more money per year. Less money per year. Is it? I thought it was the other way around. Yeah. Was your term goes longer, your average goes down. Yeah. Anyway, but... <laughs> No, because I'm just because I'm now I'm just trying to think of like when NHL like when I'm playing GM mode. It's like I try to go twelve years and eight years and like I want fifteen mil. It's like what? Okay, that's why it's on a video game. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, but Nuge, it was widely reported he wanted max term and that he wanted to be in Edmonton, which is weird that like he still wanted to be here. But I mean, I guess if you're loyal and that's the way hockey is, it seems like guys usually never leave. Um, like that's very good for Nuge. And it obviously helped the negotiation. That's like, okay, I want to be here. I'd be willing to maybe take a little less. And that's what he did. 
it's not really something you can say about a lot of guys these days. I mean, you the, you can only just look as far Thanks. as... Just turn the knife a little bit more. <laughs> guys you know, want to take less. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, it's a good deal for Edmonton. Like, will it suck in years six, seven, eight? Maybe. But that's a problem they have to figure out down the line. Those years, the cap should hopefully go up. Hopefully they have yep. a little more success with Connor and Leon before they inevitably walk. Cause I imagine they will, unless they imagine like they start a dynasty or some shit, but they probably won't. Um, who knows? But I like it for Edmonton. It's a guy they couldn't let go. Cause if they did, they'd be pretty much screwed unless their plan was like to go in free agency and sign Ovechkin, but <laughs> probably not. Um, but another contract that I think we have to talk about real quick, Joel Erickson Eck, he also got eight years uh, with the Minnesota Wild, $5.25 uh, million AAV. Um, mixed feelings about this one. This one. Tom, he had a really your face. You don't like this? Um, he had a really good year for Minnesota. He had a like, uh, fourth and Selkie voting. Um, the term, I think, is fine because he's relatively young, I think. He is young. How yes, more, he is though. very young. 20, he was, he's 24, 25? Yes, he was the first-round pick in 2015 for them. Yeah, so he's 24. So the eight, the, the the length of the contract is fine because he's not unless he, you know, I don't imagine he'll hit some type of decline, but it should be fine. The AV, he hit 30 points this year in 56 games. It was See, by far his, it was his best season, and I get – He's not going to be massive point producing considering how well he is on the other end of the ice. But for eight years at 5.2, you're going to hope that production goes up. I like Joel Erickson. It will. Don't get me wrong. I love Joel Erickson. And if, if, and when they get Kaprizov under contract, which God, Minnesota, please do it. <laughs> um, they, I'd imagine that's going to be his primary line mate for forever. Okay. Um, Question. Mm-hmm. How much money is the like rumor people think Philip Deneau is going to get? Yeah, I was just going to. I'm six, looking up right now. They're the I'm same player, man. Six, they're seven, literally the, they're six, literally seven the million same dollars. Right. Philip Deneau is going to get yeah. that later in his career. Philip Deneau is 28, and he's going to get some type of six by six, seven by seven, something in that, something in that range. Joel Erickson Eck. Man, exact same player defensively, but he Younger. scores more, more goals, less reliance on his line mates to get him points. Uh, he can actually drive the play at both ends of the ice, and they got him. They bought UFA years because it's eight years. It buys him well into those UFA years, which you pay the price for a little bit more, and it's five, five million bucks. If you think in any world that Philip Deneau is worth more than that, or no, about that, right. yeah, you can't. You can't go, and I know a lot of people like Philip Deneau is getting five or five, six, seven million dollars. Joel Erickson just set the just set the price. I think the difference is Deneau is going to have a lot more leverage considering he's UFA. Exactly. Wow. And his team made the Stanley Cup final. While, while Erickson X and RFA, and he's under team control, and it's like, okay, if you want to sit, sit. But 
it's a like will this end up being a good deal for Minnesota? I hope so. Like if oh, this it is will something, like it probably will be. Like you gotta hope like, I'm not worried about his defensive game. His defensive game is already so good. They just they need him to probably produce a little more. Exactly. If if he's gonna be their number one center, if that's exactly. the plan. And like, that they're gonna out. need him, they're gonna need him to produce more. And like I said, if he's gonna play with Kaprizov, which he probably will <laughs> when he gets under contract, because I'm he will be under contract. Um he's probably point production will probably go up. They still have to sign Kevin Fiala. Like that's another RFA that they still gotta sign. And he's probably gonna get a nice little raise because he's had a really good couple of years with the wild. They have fifteen million dollars in cash space to do it. Oh, they have um, plenty of room. And yeah, but they, you would also like them to that. add maybe a little more. But yeah, and I mean, they're not in a terrible position, and I think they finally escaped mediocrity, which is fantastic for them. Oh, they they're did. Funding to they watch. So did. And they, like you said, with Fiala, and there's a whole group of other guys on the wild that are fun. And uh, and they have and they have a great prospect pool. They do. And they've taken a step. Um, it, I mean, Joel Erickson, man, he's a 25-goal scorer. He had 19 this year. 19 goals in 56 games. I'm not worried about his offensive production. Mm. If I can get we'll 20 out of him. Yeah, I'd be happy. happy. If, you, if, you're, if you can be like a 20-50 guy, like 20 goals, 50 yeah. points. Yeah. And probably, you're probably it's probably worth it then. So we'll see. A little bit lower than what he's kind of progressing at now. He could that that could be about his low end going forward. And yeah, he'll have to prove it, obviously. Um, but we'll see. And like kind of speaking of the wild, what was it? Two days ago was the anniversary of them signing both. Parise and Suter to those contracts. Do they not have to both protect them? Uh yes. yeah, they both have both they both have no full no moves. So the Suter one has aged well, I think. I think he's been good. He's Which been is good surprising. Out of the two, it it's was supposed Parise to be the other way around. That is and they both have one, two, three. They both have four years left. And they're both 36. <laughs> like, oof. Both be 40 when it's done. This is why the NHL like put a cap on contract lengths to avoid crap like this. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, I, I guess yeah, and I guess since we're talking about the wild, uh, real quick, uh Dollar Bill Kirill Calder. Woo! Because we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Uh I was very happy to see Kirill Kaprizov win the Calder. I was very good, very happy for him. Uh, but all anyway. the awards were weird. I thought, kind of I, thought was, I thought it was actually no. like probably the best that we've a had. Fantastic, fantastic At least the choices. Just like Fox the... winning the Norris, which was probably deserved. Flurry winning the Vesna, probably deserved. Uh, Kaprizov with the Calder, McDavid with um, everything. Yeah, is it's... probably a. Um, it was probably the best awards we've had in a while, and then. Uh, and then, meanwhile, we still had Damien Cox losing his mind over Jacob Slavin winning the Lady Bing. But <laughs> yeah, that was that was a weird. One. Just, he went on like a week tangent about that. It was which, first of all, dude, it's like July. <laughs> please stop talking about this. The awards were weird. It was just kind of like 
every night there was one or two being announced, and I wasn't sure if they were like real or not. And then they just had the the last five on TV, which yeah. I didn't even know was happening up until. No idea. Thanks, NHL yeah. and your marketing team. Fantastic. Um, and then, real quick, uh, the last kind of uh, trade slash signing that happened in the past week, uh, Victor Irvinson, he moved from Nashville to Los Angeles uh, for a second in 2021 and a third in 2022. Um, Philip Forsberg was very upset. Yeah, how long until he requests it? Well, how long until Eckholm is actually traded? He has a year left. Well, yeah, Phil Forsberg only has a year left. See ya. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I totally forgot him and Gaudreau signed in the same summer. They both signed six mil ish over six years. So he's back to the flames, though. Well, I'm just, I remember that summer very clearly. It was the Monaghan Gaudreau. A lot of guys had to sign that summer. McKinnon signed that summer. But no, like weird, weird trade, in my opinion. I kinda I kinda guess I I guess I know why Nashville did it. It looks like they're gonna do the eight skaters, one goalie protection route. Because defensively, so. Yossi Ellis, Ekholm, and um Dante Fabro, I imagine are the four guys they protect. Up front, Forsberg. And then Duchesne, Johansson. Yeah, that's a weird one. And then like, but Would then even, but even, even who's bother? the fourth guy? But then even who's the fourth guy? Kelly Yarncroke, Colton Sissons, Cunning. Like I, I, people are saying Cunning, but like no. Arvidsson is Arvidsson was arguably the second best forward in this group here. It's not a very good no. forward group, but are, who's better realistically? It's not Duchesne. It's not Johansson. I don't even know who's the best. It's not. It's guys. not cunning. It's it, it's weird to me that like that was the guy that decided to move in. Forsberg's visual, vis, like very upset about this. Um, Great, he's going to be moved too, and he's going to walk, or he's going, or they're just going to trade him. Which oh, I think they'll trade him. Already. Yeah, which if you're Nashville, this is you don't have much to go with. Man, you just gotta you gotta start tearing it down. Mm-hmm. It's the question is how. I mean, with Duchesne and Johansson, you can't really move those deals. Yossi, you're going to keep. Ellis, you're going to keep. Ekholm probably moves. And then Rene's probably gone this summer. And yeah. Sorrow stepped in, and hey, he's, he's going to be a fantastic, fantastic. goaltender. And he's young, and that fits with your timeline going forward. Um, Nashville has a tough well, he's not basket hand. Because Nashville needs to rebuild on the fly and try to be good at the end of those, the matching center deals, Duchesne and Johansson and Yossi. And it's very tough to be able to turn it around the way that they need to. And no team has, no team can do it. And a lot of teams have tried, nobody's been able able to. to do it. And I know Thomas has, I know Thomas has always said that Poyle's been there too long. It's been there probably three years too long. Probably guess. after probably after they lost to Winnipeg, I would have cut ties. Yeah, and like they've squeaked so in the thanks. playoffs twice now. Like just squeaked in. When uh, they last fully year doesn't enough. really count. Last year doesn't count. They didn't exactly. That's what I mean though. This year they got they went on a hot streak when Dallas was kind of shit in the bed. Um, but like now yeah. they're just looking at themselves in the mirror and being like, "Wow, we're actually not good." Hmm. Now what do yeah. we do? It, for LA, I like this it a lot. in a weird way. 
They're just like, yeah, but we're not going to do anything. <laughs> it's kind of in the mantra with Nashville. It's like when they got really good, like when they brought in Subban and they got really good, it was like, oh, we're good. And then they weren't good. It's like, oh, well, we're just going to stay the course. We're not going to make moves. We're just going to – We're just going to – when they made the cup final and they probably also shouldn't have been there. They were the significant underdog in that. Every series. They Every Chicago, series. They made St. Louis. They beat and they kind of got walked by Pittsburgh too. That didn't help them at all. That set them back. Because now you think you're good. You made to the be final. Fair, to be fair, they finished like top. I want to say the next year they finished top three. Did they not win no, the they, won the pre- they won the President's Trophy. Yeah, yeah they won the, the President's year. Trophy. And then so. they put banners for everything. Uh, <laughs> division, and then they lost conference, presidents. It, their time has come. Their time, like Thomas, I will fully agree with you. David Poyle's time was two, three years ago. Um, and they're just going to stick with the same group of management, probably players. There's a lot a lot that Nashville needs to change. And they're just going to keep getting worse unless they do anything. Hey, but um, from a Los Angeles standpoint, I kind of really like this for them. I'm iffy on this, guys, to be honest. I I like Victor Irvison a lot, and I think for LA, who they they can't score. Like, you're going to add Irvison. He's got three years left. He's under control for three years, and then you can move him. You can do what you want with him. Mm-hmm. But this is an L.A. team where they're going to have a lot of prospects stepping in in the next couple of years with Turcotte, Byfield, Tyler Madden might step in next year, like Rasmus Kupari. Like they got a lot of guys that – Akil Thomas is another one. Kaliev. Uh, yeah, yeah, Arthur Kaliev. Like they, they're going to have a lot of young, exciting talent stepping in. Arvidsson's going to be a guy that's going to be able to like insulate Help yeah. you know he's he's hundred percent a top six forward. Yeah, I, I like it a lot for LA man. Like I know it's kind of a weird timeline for them to make this deal, where it's like you're not like you weren't good this year. You're probably not going to be good next year. You might be good two years from now. And then um, maybe the thinking I, is you can shelter the prospects for now, exactly. and then just exactly. flip Arvidsson at the deadline in two years, and then say you get a second for him, and then exactly. ooh, what does a third yep. for two years of Arvidsson cost you? Yeah, and you get all this other benefits for the young guys. And who but, knows? Maybe he plays with Kopitar. He plays with I don't know who's some good LA forwards. Jack Eichel. Jack. Eichel. Yeah. Look. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But like, yeah, like there's like maybe he plays with Kopitar for a couple of years. His numbers go up, and then LA is able to to deal him at either the deadline or whatever, and they get a decent haul back for him. Who knows, right? So, um. I like it for LA. I, I'll be straight up with you guys. I, I like it a lot for them. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not a fan. I. I don't understand why they wanted to go big fish hunting. Why do they want to top six for, for, man, for a second and a third, that's not really big. No, fish it's hunting. not, and the value is good. I just don't understand why they were still bringing in a top winger. You also have to remember, LA has a crap load of picks. Mm. Well, they, they have a so lot have their, of value. They have their own first. They have St. Louis's second. They have their own third, Toronto's third, Calgary's fourth. Oh, that's from the Derek Forbert trade. Their own fifth, their own sixth, no seventh. They still got picks. Yeah. It's, they it's do. not like it's not Montreal stockpiling, but they got picks. Also, and that, they already have one of the better prospect pools in that the league. Second is thirty fourth overall, I want to say. What, the St. Louis is second? 
No, or, the oh, their own second. Yeah, 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 that they traded because they have whatever overall fourth, fifth, something third? like that. It's in the uh, it's in the early thirties. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, again, like it, for it is close to a first. It is. We're but at that like, time of the year where you look at picks and it's not first, second, third. It's what it's, overall. Yeah, and. But like you're gonna get a bona fide top six forward like at 34, you it's kind of a crapshoot. Elliot Friedman even said it. it's like it's very much a crapshoot after two. Yes, after the second pick, you don't yeah. know. So yeah, this year um, everything's especially kind of this year, especially this year. Like one five six to twenty, twenty one to forty, they're all the same. Yeah. So. Um, just a couple quick hits that we're going to get into. Oh, I, I wanted to get things that we missed. Okay. Um, oh, sorry, Thomas, did you want to say something? Yeah, I, I, you didn't even, we didn't oh, even get sorry. to my thoughts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For LA, like this is a move they had to make. Cause like, if you have too if you have so many picks, not all of them are going to be hits. So why are you mm-hmm. going to draft all the young players? You got to go for someone at this point. And the problem with LA this year was like, they were so young that like, they forgot how to score some games and they forgot how to play defense some games. And that's the thing. If you need like a veteran presence guy who can score, it's Victor Arvidsson, especially when you can put him with Kopitar, that, that helps as well. But the thing about LA is like, man, this guy is like a big question mark in terms of health. Cause like Nashville definitely knew something we don't. And that's obviously him staying not healthy because at 4.25 million for the next three years, that could look very nicely for Nashville. If you weren't able to get back to Victor Arvidsson 30 goal form. Because then you're really not taking a player on expansion. You're not wasting a pick on him. And then you're getting picks back for him for basically free if he doesn't really turn out to be what he is. But I, I think it's a good move for both sides. Like it doesn't remind me of the Devon Taves trade because that was just like weird, but two seconds. At least they got assets for him, I guess. But this one is like you needed uh, some guy who can score in the lineup for LA. But that's it. Like, yeah. Very like, well said. Um LA's second leading scorer this year was Drew Doughty with 34 points. Dustin Brown had a pretty good year. Yeah, 31 and 49. 49, But like, yeah, they need guys who can score. The guy who scored the most goals on the teams was on their team was Dustin Brown with 17. He's been Um, good the last two years, man. (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of had a weird resurgence, Dustin Brown. There was like those years where it's like he sucked, and then he got the captaincy taken away, and and then he like then he turned back the clock to like 2012. It was weird. Yeah. Um, all right. But anyway, a couple quick hits. I'll get you guys quick thoughts on this. Wayne Simmons back with the Leafs. Two years, 900000 per year. Quick thoughts on there. Are you guys happy? Mad? <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this team. This team's garbage. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I don't know, man. Do what you got. They got to do what they got to do. Like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Sign them. Two years. I don't care. It doesn't. Like, if you're complaining about cap hit in two years, like, you got an issue, like, with something in your mind. It's Tom. man, it's league minimum basically. Nine hundred thousand. I don't care. <laughs> you can do a lot with nine hundred thousand. You can maneuver him in a lot of ways. And you need to. hey, your fourth line is gonna cost you like two million bucks at this point. That's with Spezza. It hey, and you know what? Simmons pre injury was great. Simmons after the injury was bad. If he can he had a really he had a good first five games of the year. He had a yeah, and then he got hurt. Yeah. Um if he can, you know, work on that the least medical staff, and they're pretty damn good at it. Uh I don't have a problem with it. 
if he's bad after one year, cool. Wayne Simmons, Toronto Marley. Yep. It's 900000 The Leafs have a shitload of money. They don't care. They'll pay Sheldon Key $4 bucks to be an AHL head coach just so <laughs> they can wait around. Like They don't care. What's 900000 for them? Yeah, true. Um, and then a couple of coaching um, pieces. Uh, Andre Turgney. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. Turn, yes. Uh, head coach in Arizona. Um, the Weird. wheel of head. The wheel. Yeah. The wheel of head coaches in Arizona just continues to spin. Um, we'll see what that does for them. I don't know. This team's still a shit show. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Don Granado was officially named head coach of the Buffalo Sabres. Um, they did hire some uh, other guys. I think someone from Pittsburgh, Sam Ventura. Yeah, I and, I saw, and I saw Sabres fans being like, they were like, "Oh my god, we actually did something good." <laughs> no, it was like, "Oh my god, what are we doing?" And everybody was like, "Wait, this is good." No, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Can't be good. Yeah, no, but uh, a lot of I, th- I think I saw a lot of people happy about Granado because Rasmus Dahlin was so much better under him than he was under Ralph Kruger. Yeah. Uh, so yep. big news for them. They get their coach. We'll see what happens with Eichel in the next few weeks. Who knows? Um, and then for Seattle, some news did just break actually today regarding them. Uh, but they named Dave Haxtall their first coach in Seattle Kraken history. Um, a little odd, considering um, the options out there. The options out there, like Gerard Gallant was out there for the longest time. Obviously, he got snatched up by New York. Um, there, Dave Haxtall just—it was a little odd. Yeah. For an expansion team, who knows? It might end up paying off because I imagine they won't have much expectation next year. I don't think if you think they're going to be Vegas, I, I they might NHL GMs are so stupid. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but they did also name today, Paul McFarland as an ex- assistant coach and Jay Leach as an assistant coach. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really know how uh, that's going to play out for them. I know. I think McFarland is kind of highly regarded. Star. Okay. That's where he's from. Then. Yes. I, and I don't know where Jay Leach is from. Just some dude. University of Boston or something like that? Something, something like that, yeah. I, I uh, couldn't tell you half of the assistant coaches. In the <laughs> Hackstall was... I'm kind of happy he's gone. He was a weird one behind the Leafs bench. And Flyers fans will tell you that <laughs> did he did like a terrible job with that team. It, Man, that was not the hire they needed to make. Even like Bruce Boudreaux was out there. Like, who knows if he wanted to go to an expansion team, but he was out there. Tortorella. Tortorella. Yeah. Torts. Mike Babcock. Oh my God. Imagine they brought in Torts. That poor expansion team. They would have wanted him fired within a week. No, but like, honestly, like, it's a weird one, Dave Haxall's name there, but it's also like, you can't get like a prolific head coach as your first coach when you have no expectations. Yeah, like, no one knew Gerard Gallant was as good yeah. of a coach as he was. Exactly. Like, he was good in Florida, but no one knew how good he actually was until he started coaching Vegas. Right. So, um, who knows? We'll see. Like, the expansion drafts in, at the near the end of the month, I can't wait for that. Can't wait. So fun. So, um, there is something we have to touch on. Tragic news broke out of Columbus yesterday. Goalie prospect uh, Kivi, someone's going to have to tell me how to say his name, Kivalenkis. We'll go with that. I don't know how to pronounce Kiv- that. Kivalenkis, or I'm, I'm so sorry I'm butchering his name. Um, 24-year-old goalie for the Blue Jackets 
passed away yesterday at age 24. Uh, he played eight NHL games this year. And if you go look at any of the Columbus team or any guy that was around him, they had nothing but great things to say about him. And um, Gordon Miller put out a tweet yesterday about his mom that, because he was the goalie for Team Latvia at the World Championships, said the, his mom was bringing them pastries and every day to the broadcasting crew, just basically thanking them for all the work that they've done. And uh, 24 men, that's way too young, way too young. And who knows, he might have had a full-time gig with the Blue Jackets six year. I, with, I imagine one of Corpus or Mars Lincoln's might be gone. That's what it uh, sounded just, like. Just absolutely, absolutely tragic. And I um, hope his family's doing okay. Hope they're, you know, all the best goes out to them. But uh, just brutal, brutal, absolutely brutal. So um, other than that, though, uh, we do have this, this next month is going to be wild, to say the absolute least. Uh, expansion draft, the draft, free agency, um, the imminent Jack Eichel trade, which should come very, very soon. Um, which we still and, need to start touching on oh, every I week. Know. Every week, what's our Jack Eichel trade proposal? I don't know. And every week, no, we're getting into it next week, hundred yeah, uh, percent. Once, the, like, once yeah. the season ends, like, hey, the season could be over tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah. Um, we hopefully by the next time we record, we should have a Stanley Cup champion. We able to talk about that. And once the season ends, all hell is going to break loose. Oh, yeah. I remember the last time there was expansion, like literally like, the day after the season ended, all hell just chaos. Chaos. I got a question. When yeah. Is, when did the list come out? I want to say uh, it's like a couple days list? before the expansion draft. Isn't it like three Honestly, days? Yes, something like that. But I obviously saw, I saw the NHL tweet. other GMs know before then. We just don't know until yes. then. I yeah. I would think that there's constant communication. (laughs) Imagine three days before shit. Who do you pick? Yeah. Oh, Seattle having seventy-two hours to put together a franchise. No. No. The official list, and then to figure out all the trades and yeah, like they're probably talking now. Like, oh, what would you do for this or that? Like, we're hearing stuff of Duncan Keith to potentially to, to Seattle for a reason. Yeah. So, Kyle, you want to get rid of Mitch? We'll give you a fourth. Deal. I'm just joking. $11 million in cap space. Hell yeah. Uh, Well, anyway, um, that is going to do it for this one. As always, you can uh, um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Burning Leaf Pod. We thank you very much if you listen. Um, And, yeah, Stanley Cup champion, hopefully soon. As always, go Habs, go.